Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins, America. FM Talk. This is Wiggins America. Thank you so much for being here this morning. A lot, a lot to talk about. And I promise we are going to get to all of it. We're going to talk about vaccine mandates. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court. We're going to talk about filibusters. Biden appearing in Georgia this week. Georgia election laws. Many other issues regarding election laws and election integrity. And we absolutely will cover all of it in a short period between now and eight this morning. However, Before we get started, I wanted to talk about something that's just that's not on your purview right now, but I find it fascinating. Let me introduce you to Brian Godawa. Brian, good morning. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Thank you so much for being here. So a little background here. Now, I used to be the producer of the Dave Glover show and Glover did a segment may still be doing a segment called Paranormal Wednesdays, where we would have people on to talk about things that were outside of the natural they were in the supernatural realm and brian is an expert in many things biblical but i think in that interview we talked about nephilim a lot right yeah 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 that that's fun that and if you don't know much about nephilim they're mentioned one time in the bible correct me if i'm wrong here brian because you're the expert they're they're mentioned mentioned twice 
twice in the Bible. Twice. That's right. Once, befo- once before the flood of Noah, and then once upon entering into the promised land with Joshua and the spies. Yeah, and you're, you're here to do exactly just that. Correct me when I'm wrong. And uh, what does that mean? Let me, before we get really, really deep here, does that mean that Nephilim existed pre-flood and after flood? Is that your interpretation? Yes. According to the Bible, the phrase in Numbers, um, I think it's 32, it says, uh, when the spies came back, they go, they, they say, um, you know, the Anakim are in the land. That's another word for the giant clans, the Anakim. And he said, and they're tall as trees or whatever. And we're like grasshoppers in their sight, right? And then it says, and the Anakim, and, and there's a little uh, parenthesis that says, the Anakim come from the Nephilim. And the only other place in the Bible where Nephilim is mentioned is Genesis 6 before the flood. So in other words, the writer, Moses most likely, is making the connection that these giants that we see in the land of Canaan, they're connected to those evil beings before the flood. That's why we're going to be able to wipe them out. Ah, see, this is fascinating stuff. I love, I love kind of the deep stuff in the Bible. And I was realizing yesterday that, and I don't know why I was thinking about this, maybe just because the Holy Spirit brought it to mind because I was going to be talking to you today, that uh, Jesus would do this. You know, he would he would throw out mysteries and just say, what do you think about this? Why does uh, the Bible refer to David? Why does David refer to him as Lord if he's his son? You know, he would throw these things out there like that because I think he enjoyed having the kind of discussions that we're having right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, that's what draws me to this material anyway in the Bible. There's Look, there's a whole sort of fringe crowd these days, people, you know, Christians who are just saying wild and wacky things. And I, I think a lot of them go too far, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be interested in some of the, there are We have to be honest and admit, there are some strange things in the Bible, and a lot of them point towards supernatural origins, which doesn't fit well with our modern sensibilities. But if we're going to be Bible believers, we're going to have to say, hey, let's explore this and find out what it really means and what the Bible says, rather than what we want to make for our comfortable spiritual lives. So true and good stuff. So before we get into your new books, Brian, uh, I've, I've read, I think I've read some of your fiction and nonfiction, and I'm thinking back, and one of the things I love is whenever, like this, you've just put out two new books, you put out a book that's fiction, that's you know enjoyable, just kind of a good story, and then you put out a nonfiction book that's kind of parallel to that, right? Yes, it's basically I provide the biblical and historical research behind the novel. And your new one is called Moses Against the Odds of Egypt. That's the fiction book. And the nonfiction, uh, 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 am I getting the reverse? Moses, no, Moses Against the Gods of Egypt. Um, oh, I, I said odds. Yes, I just re- yeah. read that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moses Against the Gods of Egypt is the fiction book. And then the spiritual world of Moses and Egypt is the nonfiction. It shed some light on these. Yes. Well, you know, I used to actually write uh, the novel, and then I would have an appendix at the back of the book. But as, as I kept writing novels, there was more and more research, so I decided I'm going to have to have a whole book just for the research. And that's because Christians do like to know where you get things from and what's your biblical basis. So I, I enjoy doing that myself, so um, that's why I did that. But the new novel, Moses Against the Gods of Egypt, it's basically I'm retelling the story of Moses. All right, I know that's a hard one to do in today's world. Hasn't it been done to death? Don't we know it so well? What about Charlton Heston, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. When I did research on this, I found amazing things that, that actually show Moses in quite a different light. As much as I love Charlton Heston, Moses was not quite, quite that strong-voiced, 
let my people go. As a matter of fact, I found things such as the Bible says Moses actually had a stuttering problem. So, um, you know, the, the, the story is a little bit different than what I'm more familiar with in the movies. But there's also another element that I wanted to bring in, and that was the supernatural element. And so while there's not, while there aren't really, um, there's only like, uh, there's minimal amount of giants that occur in this novel because um, the Bible story doesn't make really any reference to it, but in one possible story. But I'm dealing with another element, and that is called the Watchers. And the Watchers is this supernatural concept. We read about it in Daniel 4. You know, these, these spiritual beings that watch over the various nations, right? And Daniel talks about the, the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. These are these spiritual watchers over the nations. And there's some kind of principalities or powers in the heavens that are connected to the earthly rulers. And so my, my concept in this series, Moses Against the Gods of, of Egypt, is part of a broader series of novels that I've been writing called Chronicles of the Watchers and Chronicles of the Nephilim. And, and it deals with what are these spiritual supernatural watchers? What, what, what might that look like, right? And I connect them to the gods of the nations because I thought, you know, hey, look, what if the gods of the nations that they worship, like in Egypt, they worship Horus and Isis and Osiris. What if there's some spiritual demonic reality behind these gods? They're not gods as they thought them, but maybe they're these fallen watchers that are watching over the nations. God gave them over to these watchers, and they're masquerading as these various deities. And so when God said in, in Exodus 12, I will execute judgment upon the gods of Egypt, there's a supernatural judgment going on there. And, and so the novel is my attempt to tell that Moses story, but also say, well, what does the supernatural world, what might that look like where you've got these demonic beings being judged by these various plagues that God's bringing? Not just the humans, not just Egypt, but the gods as well. And so that's why I call this a supernatural epic Bible novel where I'm trying to show that supernatural world. And, and you know, I mean, you have to come up with fictional, uh, a fictional approach, but in a way that's consistent with the biblical story that we do know. That's very interesting. Yeah, conceptually, that sounds like at least your fiction book would be in the same zone as like this present darkness or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, only it's a little bit, it's not so much just that there are demons of lust, you know, Mm -hmm. hounding us, but that there's these higher principalities in the heavens. In other words, there's an, it's it's sort of like there's the mafia, there's a, a spiritual mafia going on of these rulers, and they're fighting for the powers of the nations while God is bringing his people out of those nations to establish his kingdom in contrast with those Gentile nations. And so imagine, if you will, you know, everyone, here's something. We always think of, um, you know, the, Satan and his demonic minions as if they're one unified army all working together towards evil. But think about it. If they're created beings and they have wills, right, yeah, they're, they're going to do evil, but they're not going to all be in unison. I mean, what evil people do act in unison, right? They may work towards the common goal, but they're also going to be jockeying for power amongst themselves, squabbling to be the chief, you know, demon or the chief watcher. And so I try to, I try to bring that, that dramatic um, component 
sort of like watching The Godfather, but in the in the supernatural realm. If, if, if that if that if that's a metaphor that yeah. I can use. No, Brian, that's very fascinating because you know I, I moonlight as a as a biblical uh, expert. Sometimes I try to pretend that I am and, and read enough to know something about it. And I, I've thought about that very topic, and I've never heard anybody mention it except you just now. That if there's this demonic hierarchy, it's not as if they're you know, all sitting in the shadows and they're one of them's going, now you go left and you go right. And we're all on the same team. You know, they, it would (laughs) seem to me that reflecting the same way as our fallen world, people, these people hate each other. The demons, they hate each other. They don't like each other. It's entirely based on power. The whole structure, just like it is on earth, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what makes it so interesting to me because otherwise it would be boring just showing all these you know, all these evil people doing or evil you know, spirits or whatever working together in unison while 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 the people of God are not. That's just it's just not realistic. But but the principle here is that there is a supernatural world that the Bible gives us hints at, but it only hints at, you know, and, and, and I want to pull back the curtain and say, what what is the spiritual equivalent of what's going on on Earth? And what I do is I try to in, integrate or incorporate the ancient Egyptian mythology. So you've got these gods, Horus and Isis, and they're, they're the watchers who are masquerading as the gods, but they had to create these myths and stories in order to get the humans to worship them, to draw worship away from Yahweh, right? So this is where we get these, these uh, Egyptian myths from. They come from this demonic origin. And uh, so I incorporate the real myths into my storyline in a spiritual way, so that while you're reading my novel, you're getting this, you know, fantastic supernatural sort of storyline uh, going on at the same time that 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 Moses is dealing with the plagues, but it's consistent with the the, the Egyptian worldview. So you're going to learn a lot about Egypt and and the way they really saw the world because that was the world Moses was raised in. He was, you know, uh, and he, you know, like what was he three months when he was when he was taken, right? So he was born and raised, or he was raised as an Egyptian. So by the time he discovers his Hebrew heritage, it's decades later. So I want to give a real, as a, a real sense to the reader of this Egyptian world out of which Israel is going to be uh, leaving with the Exodus. Good stuff, Brian Godawa. I can endorse. I've read. I've actually read more of your nonfiction than your fiction, but I think I have read some of your fiction too. I've really enjoyed what I've read. He's a super smart guy. If you're interested in these topics at all, these books. He's got lots of others too. You just probably what Google you or Amazon. Where do you want people to find you? Yeah, everything's on Amazon. All my books are in um, ebook, paperback, and audio. And yeah, like you say, if if you don't like the fictional novels. Um, I write the the research books. Yeah, they're companion books for the novels, but you don't have to read the novel to appreciate the theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and super smart stuff. I mean, like I said, I like to pretend that I know something about these topics, and whenever I read your books, you bring up things that I'm like, man, I never would have thought of that. So really good stuff. Brian, again, what are the names of your new books and where to find them? Moses Against the Gods of Egypt, that's the next novel in the series Chronicles of the Watchers. Go and look at my name, uh, Brian Gadawa, on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon exclusively. And, um, you know, you can also, if you're, if you're curious about my world that I'm creating here with all these novels, because there's several series, go to Godawa.com, G-O-D-A-W-A.com, and you can, uh, you know, get a bunch of information from there.
Brian Godawa, thank you so much for your time this morning, and thank you for being here listening to Wiggins America in the St. Louis area, or whether you're listening on podcasts, that's cool too. More coming up on Wiggins America. We're going to talk about Georgia. We're going to talk about Biden. We're going to talk about election laws. That's all next here on Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm going to read a headline to you here on Wiggins America here in the 6 o'clock hour. And it is tantalizing. But it's just the jumping off point for a much bigger conversation about election integrity. Which apparently everybody in the United States is for, except for a very small vocal minority. We'll say there are about 20% of the country that screams, and they are the media, and so they amplify that voice. They are Congress right now. They are the Democrats in Congress. They're at least the Democrats in the Senate and probably a lot of them in the House who are yelling about election integrity and voter suppression Which, by the way, interesting argument here. If anybody brings up, well, why don't you have any evidence of voter fraud? Widespread voter fraud. That's the phrase. Uh, Why don't you have any evidence of it? Well, First of all, we get to that in a second. But second, return the question. Is there evidence of widespread voter suppression? The answer is no. Uh, And you will put somebody on their heels by asking that question. But they're going to try to pass laws anyway that claim there is widespread voter suppression, even though the candidate in the White House right now apparently got a historic number, historically high ever in the history of the United States, the most votes ever recorded. And there were more votes recorded in the last presidential election across both parties than have ever been and 
there, you say, well, there's more people now. Well, that's true. But it's the highest percentage of people that have voted. So the argument doesn't stand. And you can break that down by state because that's the argument is that, well, it didn't apply to a president. It applies to certain pockets. Well, that's not true. Look across the country. The stats do not support that. So just turn that question on them. Say, well, why are you trying to pass legislation that says that voter suppression is widespread and needs to be fixed when that's not true? Because you don't have any evidence of that. Let's get back to this headline. It says... As Georgia ballot harvesting probe starts, which did you know that? They're starting an investigation into ballot harvesting in Georgia. Some election of evidence has already vanished. This is from Just the News. Some big Georgia counties say they didn't retain surveillance video from absentee drop boxes in the 2020 election. Now, if you were to see that headline, you'd you'd chalk it up as another, well, they're hiding everything. <clears throat> don't Don't fall into that trap right away. There's context here says, since 1960, federal civil rights law has required state and local election officials to retain and preserve records relating to elections involving federal office holders for 22 months after the ballots are cast. 22 months is nearly two years. We're within two years. They should still have those records. However, because of COVID, some of these boxes were temporary. So they'd set up extra boxes so that people could vote remotely or at least not show up to polling places to do it so they could socially distance. And so there was very little oversight over those boxes. That's what's called ballot harvesting is people can gather a bunch of ballots from a place, take them and drop them off into a drop box with really no person there to verify any of it. The person that should verify it happens later. And that's why it's problematic. Because you can't ask that person any questions who dropped off the ballots. You can't, you, you really can't see whether the, per, the, the ballots they're dropping off are legit or not because there's no, there's no contact with the person grabbing them or the person who allegedly voted. So in a perfect world, that would be fine. But it, it, this isn't a perfect world and people use opportunities like that to cheat. So... Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who's taken heat from mainly the right, uh, is now looking into this. First of all, why weren't you looking into it 12 months ago? He brushed everything off. But some of Georgia's largest counties tell just the news that they no longer possess that evidence. And the reason is, and they actually can cite this, and I don't even fault them necessarily for this. Now, I, why would you delete it in the first place? I don't know. If you wanted to make sure that everything was on the up and up, you just keep it. It doesn't say there's no law that says you have to delete it. The law says that, or at least from these temporary boxes, said that you had to keep any video evidence or any evidence surrounding those things for 30 days. Well, that breaks the federal law, but it was issued in these memorandums to people during COVID, and so they followed those. I don't know that they knowingly broke those laws. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here because that was in these memos. There was a stupid way to do it. And it just speaks to this larger mess of an election that we had in 2020 where you had the typical rules broken over and over and over in the name of COVID. And you could say, well, it was very, it was justified because we were trying to do blah, blah, blah. It, it, it was it because it's two years later And whether you believe there was widespread fraud or not, we're still dealing with this. 
If you're on the right, you're still going, man, I got a lot of questions about 2020. And now we're dealing with the consequences of a president who's doing things that are so ridiculous all the time, especially with the economy. Or if you want to go back to Afghanistan, or if you want to talk about any number of issues, I can't find one he's good on. Anyway, <clears throat> Biden not being the point. Let's say you're not on the right. Let's say you're on the left and you think this is the big lie. It's a big lie. It's a problem. And people need to shut up about it, even though they claim that Trump was illegitimately elected for four years. Don't worry about that. But this is the big lie and it's tearing our country apart. Okay. So what you're doing is verifying that this was a bad, this was not done well. If people have this many questions where we're still talking about this and you think that, yes, it was a lie, but enough people had questions, then what you're verifying is that what we did during COVID was a bad idea because it raised too many questions. It makes people believe that there were problems with the election. Everybody would have to agree on those basis alone, whether you're left or right, that there were pr- that the way we did the election in 2020 because of COVID was not okay. Otherwise, we would not still be talking about it. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has opened an investigation into an allegation of systemic ballot harvesting during the state's 2020 general election and subsequent U.S. Senate runoffs and soon may issue subpoenas to secure evidence. When I say ballot harvesting is illegal or legal, that's because some states it is legal, some states it's not. The allegation is contained in a detailed complaint filed November 30th by a voter integrity watchdog group, True the Vote, in which the organization claims to have amassed evidence that scores of activists worked with nonprofit groups to collect and deliver thousands of absentee ballots, often during wee hours of the night operations, to temporary voting drop boxes distributed around the state during the pandemic. Listen to this. The group alleged its evidence included video footage from surveillance cameras placed by, by counties outside the drop boxes, as well as geolocation data for the cell phones of more than 200 activists seen on the tapes, purportedly showing the dates and times of ballot drop-offs. So let me say that in English. What this group is saying is that we have evidence that has video footage and surveillance cameras that we've got 200 activists on these tapes and we can geolocate by using their phones where they were, which boxes they went to, and at what times. And we can show you some of the drop-offs of these ballot, these big ballot drops that happened in weird times of the night. Now that fact alone looks fishy, but that doesn't mean that those ballots are fraudulent. It just means... It's fishy enough that it's time to look into it. Do you trust that Raffensperger is going to do it? Well, he is. Do you trust anything's going to happen? I don't. Uh, the group also said it interviewed a Georgia man who in- admitted, and then this is kind of the key to the whole thing. This is why this one's getting so much attention. All that other stuff is stuff we've been talking about for a year now and just drives around in a cul-de-sac. But this is the one that's like, whoa, okay, that's something different. The group has interviewed a Georgia man who admitted he was paid thousands of dollars to harvest ballots in the Atlanta metropolitan area during the November election and January 5th runoffs for Senate. State officials say obtaining the identity of that witness 
and securing his possible cooperation is a high priority for the investigation. I wish I could trust the people doing the investigation more, but those are the facts. That's where it is. Unfortunately, a lot of these locations have destroyed their video evidence of that. There is one county that said they didn't know. They might still have it. That's DeKalb County. That's a heavily blue area. So if they still have their video, that would be huge. Part of me thinks that even if they do have it, it's going to get not halved real soon here uh, because, because nobody helps with anything. Everybody obstructs, 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 and then goes, but there's no evidence. Pennsylvania, for example, the uh, Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor of Pennsylvania now, I think he could very easily win governor of Pennsylvania. He's, he's pretty popular. He's been sounding the alarm bells in the Pennsylvania legislature about this for a long time, and he was going to lead some, I don't know if you call them audits, I guess we'll call them audits for the sake of this segment, of two or three different counties. So not not huge thing, not like the whole state, but he was going to target a, a Republican county and then a big blue county, probably a, a, a suburb or downtown Philadelphia, and then one other county that was kind of in the middle. <clears throat> Just to say, look, we're doing... Three different counties that lean red, blue, and middle. He was doing this, had a lot of support for doing it. And then the, I think it was the Speaker of the House or the the head of the Senate, one of the two, got involved as a Republican. He's a Republican too. And said, "Uh, no, 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 I'll take this over now. And Doug Mastriano said, no, 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 no. We don't want you to take this over. We're going to do this in our committee because we're afraid you're going to take this over and then just bury it. And he said, well, I'm in charge of even your committee as head of the whatever, head of the senator house. And and we're going to take it over regardless of what you want. And then guess what's happened? Nothing. Exactly what he said. This is why we don't want you to take it over. Also, the attorney general or secretary of state of Pennsylvania, who is a Democrat, has said over and over, we will not work with you on this. Why? why if you're so sure that all of this is a big lie then why not work with people well we don't trust them well then work with them you're in charge of it you know you're the secretary of state it's not as if these people can do things that that there aren't under your supervision regarding elections that's what happened in maricopa they said, we want to do this audit. We want to have Democrats involved in this audit. We want to make it a 50-50 where everybody's on board. Democrats said no. Republicans said, well, we're still going to do it. We just want you to be involved. Democrats, again, no. So they, they constantly say, or we constantly say, let's audit. Let's check. The other side says, no, we don't want to check. We don't even want to work with you in checking. And also you have no evidence. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? And people say, I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And other people say, this is the only issue we should be talking about. I tend to find myself in the latter category. Not necessarily that this is the only thing we should be talking about, but there are things, this one, there's COVID issues. Anytime it looks like there's a problem, and nobody wants to talk about the problem, or YouTube will kick you off for talking about the problem, the big, the elite, the people in charge of institutions, 
say, please don't talk about this. We're not going to talk about this. We're going to force you off of platforms if you talk about this. That's the stuff we should be talking about. Wiggins America, more coming up next. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost seven. Uh, I, I have left so little time for what I consider to be one of the most enjoyable segments of the week. Let me just say this first, though. I <laughs> I did a live for Jeff Smith and Country Insurance yesterday that was the one of the worst lives. So I'm making that up to you right now, Jeff, and endorsing you on the show, Jeff Smith, Country Insurance, Glenn Carbon. I don't think he's open right now, but on Monday through Friday, give him a call. Love the dude. You'll love having an insurance agent who doesn't just abandon you at claims time. There's my extra endorsement. Okay, got that out of the way. Okay, now... Let's get to the segment here, because what's happened this week, tons and tons of news, and this is the reason why this one keeps getting pushed aside, and I don't want it to be, is that you know the Biden vaccine mandate lost at the Supreme Court. We're going to talk to a Pacific Legal Foundation attorney in the next hour about exactly what that means, because it, it has broader implications than just the vaccine mandate. We'll talk about that. But also... Earlier in the week, filibuster aside, another big news story. That ain't going to happen. We're going to keep the filibuster. That's all good news. Um, There were talking points that went out from about Sunday of last week through Tuesday. You had the CDC director, Walensky, going out and saying things in the news. And that's, as you know, it's not real until it hits the news, apparently, like CNN news. Stupid. But that's, that's the world we live in. That unless you, you go out and say it in the media, apparently it's not real. CDC's saying some stuff. The CEO of Pfizer is saying some stuff. Sanjay Gupta, the doctor for CNN, and Jake Tapper has been saying stuff. All of it, of course, is stuff we've been saying since basically the middle of 2020, or at least asking questions. 
So we're going to walk through clip by clip the about face that these people have done in one week. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that's fine to talk about. Talk about it two weeks ago, and you'd get banned from Twitter or YouTube or whoever. But now, because Sanjay Gupta says it on, on CNN, oh, now it's mainstream science. Here's clip one. That. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They get, they're there because right. um, you know, they, they bump their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading. Yeah, I agree, Jake. It surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olensky is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen, uh, sort of sort of tracks with what she said. But out of all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57 percent, these are COVID patients, admitted because of or complications from COVID, 43 percent admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. Uh, I think, you know, there needs to be transparency about that uh, in terms of for or with COVID. The only thing I will tell you, Jake, again, working in the hospital, is that at the time someone is then diagnosed with COVID, even if they didn't come in for that reason, it does take up a, a lot of resources then in terms of infection protocols, personal protective equipment, more testing, all that kind of stuff. So even though that may not have been the initial impetus to bring him in the hospital, it just requires a lot, a lot of energy and resources uh, on behalf of the hospital staff and, and, and the, the testing and all that sort of stuff. So they, we need to get better about being able to see this data. New York State, I think, is one of the few states that's presenting it that way for or with COVID, but other states should follow suit. The American Heart Association, I'm sorry, American Health Association says they have a hard time sort of separating out that data, but clearly... New York State's been able to do it. Other states should do it as well. Yeah, we're two years into this, and to, we need the clearest picture possible. If somebody's in the hospital with a broken leg and they also have asymptomatic COVID, yeah. that should not be counted as hospitalized with COVID, clearly. That, that's with COVID versus because of COVID. How long have we been saying there should be a difference? How differently would we have responded to this whole thing, this virus, from day one if that was being reported? By the way, it's still not really being reported. They're just starting to talk about it. Dr. Fauci mentioned it. Now Jake Tapper, Sanjay Gupta. Oh, now it's all real. But mentioned it a few days ago and it was not. Here's the second one. The CDC, Walensky, talking about comorbidities being a huge problem. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least... Yes, yeah, 75% of the people who died with COVID had comorbidity, had four or more comorbidities. 75%. Why wasn't that reported? That's the whole with COVID versus because of COVID. They're very much related. But now that's okay to talk about, apparently. Here's another one. The CDC, same, Walensky, head of the CDC, talking about 
how the virus or the vaccine doesn't stop the virus from being transmitted from person to person. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings is this not the twilight zone you just say things over and over and over until somebody finally acknowledges them and then goes oh yeah well we've been meaning to say that oh yeah because your political rivals were saying it for the last year and a half it didn't matter but now that you've embraced it now it matters here's the last one this is the ceo of pfizer admitting yeah our vaccines don't really last uh, and we know that um the, three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, in, in, against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now, we are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine. Of course, he's not having some sort of grand revelation. He's just admitting that because they want to sell more vaccines. Vaccine mandates sell more vaccines. Surprise, surprise. You're being forced to buy a product. Well, but we'll pay for that product for you. We're the government. We're just going to do it using your coerced tax dollars. But it speaks even louder than that to the power of the media. And when I say that, I don't just mean the media like what I'm doing right now. I'm talking about the narrative that's crafted by the mainstream media. So you have all these legacy companies, as you know like your CNNs, like your Wall Street Journals, which I actually don't think is too bad, or New York Times, or NBC, ABC. These organizations have been around long enough that they have a lot of resources, and they're supposed to be the ones really using their journalistic prowess and all of their people. They have more people than a small news organization does to push back on these kinds of things, to find scandalous things. These things have existed for a long time, just not in the official narrative. That's what's frustrating, isn't it? That's where I get really frustrated, that you can say things long enough and eventually loud enough that they will get attention, but it has taken now almost two years to get some of these things to break through. Hallelujah that they are breaking through. But why is it taken this long? Is it money? Is it because the head of Reuters used to be the head of Pfizer? I'm sure that's part of it. That's money. Is it because um, the heads of these news organizations are in cahoots or in bed with, oftentimes literally, with the people making these decisions? Yes. The independent media of this country has fought back and... One, it's just frustrating because it takes so long and in the process you lose so much. You know, we've lost years of our life at this point because people weren't asking those questions. On that note, I'll tell you that we have a great hour coming up next, full of guests. Ryan Recker is going to come in to talk about um, Kim Gardner and the news there. We're going to talk to Pacific Legal Foundation about the vaccine mandates and OSHA and what all that means, the broader implications. And then Trisha is going to come in. We got some Trump audio. He cut off a phone call. 
Well, Diddy, let's talk about that. That's all the next hour of Wiggins America. Get more at 971talk.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.